the man who loved the Detroit Lions before anybody last year, Eric Eager, our guest on a Thursday, Locked on Lions. You are Locked on Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry back with you on a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every day on a Thursday, August 24th, and a Friday, August 25th, Friday being the final preseason game for the Lions as they are in Carolina to take on the Panthers. Sumer Sports' own Eric Eager, we love from his days back at PFF, now the VP at Sumer Sports and host of Sumer Sports Show, is going to join us momentarily as today we are brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's our friends at Game Time. Follow us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, at Lockdown Lions. Also, the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. And thank you, those of you subscribing on our Lockdown Lions YouTube channel as well. We appreciate you guys being with us and watching. Please subscribe. Let's get up to uh, 7,000 subscribers. All right, Lions and Panthers coming up on Friday night. Lions. As we've been telling you the last couple of days, Dan Campbell not going to play as starters. Bryce Young and the Panthers starters will play. We bring Eric Eager in now. E, great to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I always love talking Lions, and I'm just I'm excited that uh, we've turned the page to another season, and they're uh, they're right there. Can you believe they're right there? It's uh, <laughs> you said it last year. Hashtag restore it. You were on top of it early, but. Now that we're getting close to the season and the hype is there, and Dan Campbell said we got to kind of uh, you know trim down the hype train a bit. But as you look at it, with one preseason game left to go, what? How do you feel? Uh, I feel good. I mean, it looks like this team has bought into Jared Goff, which was always a question mark about him. Um, offensive line looks great. I'm a little concerned about Jamison Williams, of course, and and the you know the the wide receivers and everything like that. I think that that's where maybe they don't have quite the depth. That, that some of the other teams in the NFL have. Um, but when when I look at this team top to bottom, it looks like, you know, Brad Holmes had a plan. Uh, the things that were poor about the team last year, so they're playing Carolina tomorrow. You know, if they could stop the run against Carolina, they're in the playoffs. They're facing San Francisco. They're, they're having a, a good time. Um, you know, they go out and get Jack Campbell. They go out and get uh, Brian Branch, who I think is going to be kind of like a – he's going to be a support player for them there. I, I look at this team and I think this team is constructed pretty well. And, you know, they haven't been the favorite in this division to open a season since 1992. Um, and this is the, I think the team to, to, you know, to be the favorite. I don't know if they necessarily win the division, but I do think that they should be favored for it. You're an analytics guy. Uh, you came over to uh, Sumer sports working with Thomas Dimitrov and others. Tell us about what you're looking at specifically at Sumer and a little bit about the show that you're doing. I want to give you a plug as well. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, back when I was at PFF, I did a lot of work with Thomas because uh, I did a lot of work with the Falcons. And then when he was let go, I kind of wanted to see if he was, you know, wanted to be the next kind of analytics GM, you know, kind of uh, bridge the gap. And, and, you know, when I was at PFF, I really struggled at times, um, relating to that tranche of NFL, you know, executive, you know, we were always good at the analytics people, the coaches and all that. And we didn't really have 
any insight into what the GM was trying to use data for. And so Thomas and I struck up a friendship. We eventually Sumer lured him to be the CEO of the company. And so then he lured me to be, you know, his, uh, you know, one of his VPs there. And um, now we have a podcast. We kind of go over a lot of the decision makers, people like Brad Holmes, they, they make. Um, Thomas is Bob, by the way, a former Detroit Lion. He was a scout there in the yeah. late nineties and with the Bobby Ross era. And, you know, it, it's, it's been fun. Um, our core business is we're trying to build out, you know, we're trying to be first in football intelligence. So on the, on the team side, we're building out roster building tools for NFL teams. Um, on the consumer side, if you go to consumersports.com, we have all kinds of you know simulations and all kinds of uh, stats and, and content for people to go to, including the podcast. We're just trying to make, you know, the, the level of football analysis. I mean, I think you've probably noticed this as much as anybody you like, you go on an average show now and everybody knows football pretty well, you know, and, and I think what we want to do is, um, you know, raise that that water level even more because I think this game is so fun. It evolves so quickly. And what we want to do is help the fan and as well as the teams, of course, that that pay us the, the big bucks. Uh, we want them to, to to sort of evolve with it. There are teams, Eric, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but for the listeners, there are teams that utilize a lot of numbers and there are teams that don't and maybe are old school, quote unquote. Where are the Lions when it comes to analytics in your mind? I, the Lions are in the top third of the league. Um, they, you know, one of their, the people, I think he's a director now, Kale Brignetti, he won the big data bowl, uh, division, uh, four or five years ago. Um, they've had people in there, John Dykema, who's a former basketball player at Michigan state ran, has run their systems for a long time. Um, they, they do some pretty smart things. And you look at Campbell, um, last season, Dan Campbell was second in the NFL in win probability added on, on uh, borderline decisions, meaning like you know, fourth down decisions, two point conversion decisions, uh, you know, timeout avoidance, delay a game avoidance, all that kind of stuff. He added a lot of value there. Um, the one place where he struggled was time management, but that's a little bit different than these kind of like static decisions. But, you know, Dan Campbell, they, they certainly do a lot of smart things. Now, you know, you, you look at the draft and you think, OK, running back linebacker at pick 12 <laughs> and 18, you, you, you relent a little bit. I, and I always I, I try to tell my friends in the league where he's like, oh, why do you love the Lions so much? They made all these, you know, the, those two draft picks that analytics would not have liked. And I said, look, look, there are no gods in football. Like, I think Detroit does a lot of smart things. Um, they're, I think, top third, as I said, in analytics. And yet at the same time, you, you still see some of the things like drafting a running back and linebacker in the first round. Because when you look at last year, where were the failures of this Detroit team? It wasn't the passing game. It really wasn't pass rush. It was stopping the run and – explosive plays out of the running back position. And so they, they, and, and this is a team, this is another part of what goes into our calculus at Sumer. It's like, you could be a team with like Kansas city that has a long-term plan. Like the chiefs don't care about winning the super bowl this year. They care about winning like three of the next 10, right? That's kind of how they operate. So when they trade Tyree kill or they don't belly up and give, you know, a hundred million guarantee to Chris Jones, it's the fans are all like, well, how are you going to win this year? It's like, well, we don't care about winning this year. We care about, being in the AFC championship game every year and then taking our chances. A team like Detroit who hasn't made the playoffs since 2016, hasn't, hasn't won a playoff game since 1991, hasn't hosted a playoff game since 1993. I do not like necessarily fault them for being like, these are our immediate problems and we're going to patch them up because our division is an Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, a Vikings team on the decline and a bears team that, was holding the first pick at one point last year. 
let's win this year and then figure things out after. And that and that's been kind of their draft. And so when you look at it through that lens, I'm I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass. Eric Eager with us from Sumer Sports. Uh, great stuff talking analytics. Uh, uh, speaking of that, I want to get to Brian Branch and, and certainly what's going on in Arizona too. Um, but from an, I don't know if it's an analytic debate or not, an analytical debate or not with this TJ Hawkinson situation, but reports are today he wants to break the bank and be the highest paid tight end in the league. Now the Lion fans, especially on social media, are saying, Eric, thank God we got rid of him. Lions wouldn't have paid him that. What was your reaction to that news? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so funny because it shows – I mean, Detroit's fan, Detroit fans know this more than anybody. Like, tight end is a position that ages slower than other – or uh, uh, develops slower. And so when you talk about Brandon Pettigrew and Eric Ebron and now you know, TJ Hawkinson, it's like <laughs> those players were – especially Ebron and Hawkinson were better players for their second team. And the hard part about that position is when you do have a position that develops slowly – the asking price for the veteran for the player once it comes to second contract oftentimes doesn't coincide with the production that that player had in the first four or five years of the deal. And I think that that's where Hawkinson sits, right? Like he was okay, not great for the Lions. He was pretty good for the Vikings. And now he wants to say, well, look at this trajectory. I want to be paid at the top of it. And it's like, well, have you earned that yet? And I think most Detroit Lions fans would say, no, you haven't. I think Vikings fans are a little bit more positive on Hawkinson than Lions fans were, but they also didn't like. I, I viewed Hawkinson's tenure with Minnesota last year as kind of being like a grandparent, where you know when when you're a parent, you have to deal with all. You have to change the diapers. You have to play with the kids. You have to feed them. You have to do all this stuff. You get you get the good and the bad. When you're a grandparent, you play with the kids, and I think Hawkinson in Minnesota just got to play like he just got to run routes. Right? If you ask the guy to be a thousand snap tight end he's going to show some warts, right, as he did in Detroit. And so I think that that's where Minnesota's balking at this idea. They're like, yeah, you're a very good part-time tight end. In fact, the Vikings used, I want to say, $21 million to sign Josh Oliver, the, the second tight end from Baltimore, to kind of patch that up. It's like you can't put $27 million APY into your tight end position to expect to be successful. And I think that that's, that's really where the rub is. Hawkinson came in and filled a very specific need for the Vikings last year very well, can he be the everything, everywhere, all at once tight end after that? I, I'm skeptical, and I think the Vikings are too. Eric Eager with us from Sumer Sports. Want to ask him a little bit about the uh, all-of-a-sudden log jam and the Lions' uh, secondary. We'll go around the league as well with Eric coming up next. First, though, our friends at Game Time. We were telling you about them before. Look, you want tickets to something? It's last minute. You're not sure about it. Oh, my goodness. I got to go to which, which site am I going to go to on my phone? It's simple. The best app buying tickets to your favorite events that it's easiest and really doesn't get you stressed out. And that's game time. They are fantastic. They got flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buying tickets for every kind of event, your area at game time, images of seat views, which I love. So you know where you're sitting. What one fifteen row seven. What is that? You'll be able to see it there with game time. Lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection too. Job loss protection as well. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you'll always be get the best price. You find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app 
Uh, create an account. Use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code by using LOCKDOWNNFL. That's the code for $20 off. Download game time today. I have last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Eric Eager with us from Sumer Sports. Check out the Sumer Sports uh, podcast, Sumer Sports show, and uh, go to the website, sumersports.com. All right, uh, Brian Branch is starting to come on. Then you, you already throw in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, I didn't expect this secondary to, I'm not saying it's this good so fast. We're going to find out week one, Kansas City, aren't we, Eric? But boy, it sounds like Branch is lighting it up. Does that surprise you? No, no, and I, it's funny because we just talked in the last segment about kind of their draft and how analytics people didn't like it. I, I feel like what if you would have taken Branch at 18 and Campbell where they <laughs> took Branch, would that have been viewed fine? And it's like, you know, he's the kind of player where I think he's that tweener, but tweeners win in the NFL now, right? Like you look, you talk about Kansas City week one, you know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore. Uh, Kadarius Tony, if he's healthy, like none of those guys scare you. The guy that scares you is Travis Kelsey. And the reason Kelsey scares you is because he's too big for a corner. He's too fast for a linebacker. Well, come in Brian Branch, and that's a guy that can kind of match up a little bit, right? And and that really helps you. The thing, you talk about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, that's a good thing for Detroit, right? Like ultimately when you have players, and especially in a weak link system like the secondary, what I loved about what they did this offseason was you get guys like Sutton and Mosley and all the, and I know they, they've dealt with injuries there. You get guys into that building. None of them are 10 out of 10s, but the unit itself is never going to get under a five out of 10, right? And that's because, it, you know, you can put versatility with Johnson, Gardner Johnson in either the nickel or a, a true safety role. Branch can play, you know, the, the nickel role and kind of do everything. You have, you know, Sutton has some versatility. Mosley's mostly an outside guy, but you can kind of, make you can kind of put together a secondary where every player is at their optimal position for the group and i think that that's beneficial and when you think about what really hurt detroit last year in the early part of the season was injuries right and having to deal with patching up of injuries the more impervious you can be to role players getting hurt because you're great players and branch i'm not going to call him a great player yet but you're you're kind of the guys that you've invested in a lot can play multiple positions. That's going to be really beneficial because it allows your weakest players to be hidden more, more readily. Jared Goff now has Teddy Bridgewater behind him. Um, you know, 53 man roster decisions have to be made next week. The lions were ones that said, Hey, look, we think the rule should be that you have three quarterbacks and one won't count on game day against your 47 and everything else. And now it turns out maybe Nate Sudfeld's not even going to make it. Um, but if that's your biggest problem, that means you got a pretty good roster around uh, around your quarterback room, right, Eric? I mean, this is not something we're we're used to around here. No, and, and the third quarterback rule. I mean, that was to me, it's one of the reasons why you had such bad development at the quarterback position for the last ten years. I mean, there's other reasons, of course, like the incentives aren't there. But you know, you remember back in the day where like you had Eric Kramer on the bench for four, you know, three, four years, and he can develop in that same system. And he's not jumping from one practice squad to another just to fill needs. You actually had the rights to this player for a significant amount of time. There's an incentive to develop him. You look at that division, you know, Brad Johnson was a fourth string quarterback at one point, you know, uh, Rich Gannon was a, was a backup for a long time. You know, Brett Favre was of course a backup. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was a backup, Aaron Brooks, all that. And, and I'm blanking on some of the Detroit's guys. I know Kramer is one, but like, you look at that division for a long time and there's guys that sat for a long time that ended up being 
pretty good quarterbacks. And you don't see that anymore in large part because the life of that third quarterback is bouncing from practice squad to practice squad, starting like Josh Johnson starting a game for Baltimore when he's not even on the roster at that Tuesday. Like that's not good for a quarterback. So I like that the Lions understood that they wanted to propose a rule change because look, no one's going to do it out of the goodness of their heart. You have to create an incentive for a team to do it. And I like that. Now, does that mean that they go and get a Kellen Mond to be the third stringer? They go and get one of these guys that gets cut off of these team to be a third stringer, as opposed to Sudfeld, who's a 30-year-old guy who's not developing anymore? Probably. And, and they probably should. But to your point, to your broader point about this, about this is, yes, it's awesome that they're not – like, last year at this time, we're like, well, what happens if they have an injury at safety? What happens if, if they have an injury at guard? And it's like – those things will still hurt them, but it's not going to be catastrophic. Like I think, I think that they're really well positioned roster wise. And this preseason game, Bryce Young is going to play, and in, in, you know tomorrow night in Carolina, Frank Reich has said we'll play some starters. What do you think about Dan Campbell saying I'm not going to play the starters at all in any of these three games? I, I happen to like it. Yeah, I, I just what are you going to learn about Jared Goff that you don't already know? Unless unless Goff really needs, and and he's a weird one where physically i think some like you you know in cold weather games for example physically sometimes it's it takes a while to get going that green bay game week 18 um but mentally and like mostly physically you know what jared goff's going to give you um you don't want to get injuries and and you just don't and you and there are places where like wide receiver for example like you just don't want to you just don't want i'm on rob st brown to get hurt right you just don't want that kind of stuff to happen so not playing not playing the starters to me is fine Final a couple for Eric Eager. Well, I want to ask him about uh, the division. Uh, would Jordan Love look like the other night against New England and this Arizona situation, which uh, is a little bit crazy? We're going to do that coming up next. I want to remind you, drink of the summer are sparkling margs. Margs, M-A-R-G-S, sparkling margaritas are absolutely fantastic. Five unique flavors, and you can check them out where uh, at Sipmargs, S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com. Find a retailer nearest you. No more high noons, no more white claws. Give yourself an opportunity to try something new. Margs. I love them. Sparkling margaritas come in the cans. Five unique flavors. You know I always talk about it. The coconut margarita is fantastic. Sparkling margaritas are good for Margs. Go to SIP, S-I-P, Margs, M-A-R-G-S dot com. Got to be 21 years or, or, or older, of course, to uh, purchase and drink. Please drink responsibly. Go to the website. Find that retailer nearest you at SIPMargs.com. Final couple for Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Um, all right, NFC North. It went from last week he was like, oh, uh, love looked bad in practice. It's going to be a four-win Packer team. Then he lights up the Patriots in the preseason on that 94-yard drive. I was like, oh, this is the next uh, Favre or Aaron Rodgers. What, what say you on uh, Jordan Love so far? I'm bullish on Green Bay this year. It's less... Uh, it's less at the expense of the Lions than it is at the Bears and and the Vikings who, you know, the Vikings defense is going to be one of the worst in football. Um, the Bears, I just, we've we've seen this before, right? I know like Lions fans are like, oh, same old Lions, but like we've seen this stuff with the Bears too. And we've seen them hype a quarterback and it not work out. Um, Green Bay to me, great coach, good guy, guy that in-game decisions nails it. You know, quarterback development, I think, nails it. I mean, look, we when it, Mike McCarthy was fired, Rodgers was so de- in decline that they had to draft Jordan Love. And then he got yeah. him back to MVP. Um, I think Jordan Love will color between the lines. 
I think that the sketches by by Lafleur will be pretty good in that regard. I think the defense will be better than they were a season ago. They have young players like Quay Walker who are going to develop. I I think Detroit and Green Bay are going to be the two teams that battle it out in this division, whereas a lot of people I think think Minnesota and Detroit will be it there. Um, I think Jordan Love is not going to light the place on fire. I don't think he's going to be as good as Jared Goff. But we know this, like last year, Goff, pretty good, especially for him, was enough to get a Detroit team that was incredibly flawed in nine wins. I think that this Green Bay team is less flawed than last year's Detroit team was. And, I, and so as such, I think that Jordan Love doesn't have to be necessarily as good as Goff for this team to have a winning record, like nine wins, 10 wins. Um, market prices have Detroit kind of in that 140 to 160 range to win the division. Packers are more like four to one. I think that those are a little off. I think Detroit should be more close to even money, like a coin flip to win the division. I think the Packers should be closer to like three to one. Um, but that that's like kind of my NFC North take as far as like, I do, I do, I am bullish on Green Bay. I do think their, their coach is a good coach. And I think it comes more at the expense of the, the, the Vikings and the, and the Bears than it does come at the expense of the Lions. In the NBA, we see tanking, and sometimes it's more obvious than, than others. Rarely do you see it in the NFL, I don't think. And this Arizona Cardinals situation, I mean, today I looked on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now, and Isaiah Simmons has been traded for a seventh-round pick. And I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't he just taken like in the top 15 a couple of years ago? I'm assuming Arizona's going to win, what, two games, three games? I mean, they, they don't – is Buda Baker next? I mean, I, this is ridiculous. To give it give you an idea, they're six point underdogs to Washington in week one. Washington is starting Sam Howell, a fifth round pick from a yeah. season ago quarterback. Washington is favored in two games this year. One of them is against Arizona in week one by six points. So the you know, Arizona, when you look at my simulation, I think the second worst team in the NFL in terms of projected wins is Houston with six point five. Arizona's at four point seven. So they're two <laughs> wins below everybody else. It's just not gonna be and look like should it be your best quarterback is out for the year? And and this was his cheap year. This was the year to actually go for it. He's out for most of the season. You don't have a ton of good players. I mean, they drafted three off-the-ball linebackers in the last five years, and none of them are going to play off-the-ball linebacker for this team. And so it's just it's just a miss, you know, and, and it's not Monty Austin Ford's fault. It's not Jonathan Gannon's fault, but they have to deal with the consequences of it. And I think in year one, it's just going to – it's not going to be like – you're not going to take knees around midfield or something, but you're just not going to have good enough players to win with. And and I think that's going to be fine because, you know, where I sit, I think they have a 21% chance of getting the first overall pick themselves. And then they have Houston's pick. So they have a pretty solid chance of getting yeah. the first pick in general. And like the first two picks, if Houston were to fail this year uh, in year one under D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. New GM, new coach uh, might as well lose and uh, stack those draft picks. Eric, great to see you. Thanks for doing this. And Matt, thanks for having me on, man. You got it, Eric Eager with us. Sumer Sports, check him out in the Sumer Sports uh, podcast as well. That'll do it for a Thursday Locked On Lions. Tomorrow we preview the big, oh, huge Friday night affair in Carolina. We'll see you.